Good morning, or evening, or afternoon, or whatever it is time that you are joining us. This is the Lord Pius. And Keeper. Coming at you with the latest edition of the Cross Culture Podcast. Today we ask the question, can I love Jesus and still hate Tom Brady? Because <laughs> I, I feel it's a fair question, I really do. Um... As a uh, lifelong and die-hard Indianapolis Colts fan who has suffered so much at the hands of the evil that is Tom Brady, I feel like it's a fair question to say, you know, can I still hate the guy? You know, real quick before we get into this, uh, I don't know why, as you were talking, I thought of the little rascals in the He-Man Woman Haters Club, and you're yes. like, you are literally president of the He-Man Hater of Tom Brady Club. I am literally the president <laughs> Also the treasurer and the secretary. CFO. CFO. CEO. CEO. Publicly traded only to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> True statements. True statements. So what got me thinking about this was um, Hall of Fame inductions recently. And I, I, I got to watch my favorite football player of all time, Peyton Manning, who I would still argue is the most impactful quarterback of all time. Uh, I will I will make up statistics to support myself on this. Um, as a former sports writer covering both the Colts and the Patriots uh, during the time when they were the most bitter of rivals, I grew to really deify Peyton and really despise Tom. <laughs> and so watching the the Hall of Fame speech and the induction ceremony, I look out into the crowd, and they're, sh they're showing shots, and they show my arch nemesis, <laughs> the Joker to my Batman, <laughs> the Robin to my Harley Quinn. Watch the DC movie. Watch the DC show on, on HBO Max. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Robin wants to be Harley. Yeah, shameless plug there, y'all. Shameless plug. Um, so Tom Brady is sitting there cheering on Peyton as he's inducted into the Hall of Fame. And my, 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 my little brain just exploded. <laughs> because over the past 20 years, I have constructed this world in which we have fighting for the forces of light and goodness and hope and joy and peace in the world are Peyton Manning and his teammates. Meanwhile... Brooding over the evil empire of villainy and cheating and smirky, smirky faces that just need to be slapped is Tom Brady. Tom Brady is absolutely Vader to, to Belichick's Palpatine. He totally for is. For sure. Right? <laughs> and yet the reality that so many fans have, have kind of constructed of this, this, this rivalry, this competition, this who's better and who's not doesn't exist between the two actual men. Like, Peyton and Tom have a friendship off the field. They, they don't view each other as rivals. And so here's a quote from Tom on this. Tom Brady says, I really like Peyton. There are a lot of things in common that we've had over the years. So it's nice to have someone who can relate to 
on a lot of similar experiences we've had. Being that we were in it together for so long at the same time, it's a really special relationship to me. We've had a great friendship over the years, and hopefully it will stay that way for many years to come. And seeing that, that olive branch, that, that general camaraderie, that sweet fellowship from Tom Brady makes me hate him all the more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, so it's fascinating you say that, right? Like, and I think, I mean, before we get into all the other stuff, right, I, I think at least for, uh, we talk about sports figures, right, or fandom, right, of sports, because we won't talk about other popular culture. We'll talk about specifically this example, right? So, like, even what you said was you didn't say Peyton, you didn't say Batman to his Robin. You said, like, Harley Quinn to my Robin. Like, yes. like you have been personally competing against Tom Brady as an elite-level football player Y'all, I'm sitting across from from Pius right now. Absolutely not an elite level football player. Okay, not okay. even close. This is why we're sitting here making fun of professional athletes. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, because we can talk, we can't play. N never even played a game of a high school football. Um, <laughs> no. So, but but right, isn't that that fascinating take right on how we we take all this stuff? It's so personal. Yeah. Right, so so Peyton's success is literally directly tied to your person, and somebody who is going against him is your perception of that is they are actually attacking your personhood, right? Like that's that's fascinating. Yeah, but I mean that's the way that you know. I mean, someone has said that fan is short for fanatic. Um, that's the way fandom works. Is somehow if my guy succeeds. I'm elevated to, you know, true story, I, I was a former sports writer, so I have actually met Peyton Manning and interviewed him. I've never, I've never ever met Tom Brady, so there's, but there, in my eyes, there's this, there's this reality in which yeah, my guy being better than makes me better than somehow, and that's just completely crazy. Well, and, you're, and he's a homegrown boy, right? Like, you're, you're Indiana native. Yeah, I'm an Indiana native. Peyton, Peyton is from Louisiana. Yeah, but but he played in Indianapolis. He did. So it, it, it's, uh, and we won't go there today, but uh, for the record, uh, does make up statistics because I'm a Jersey kid and I love Eli. And I said, the mis I made the mistake of saying to this, this dude's face. And I was like, hey, uh, <laughs> I would take Eli over Peyton and... Uh, Pius about like his head almost exploded. So it, it not, not not just me. Somewhere um, I believe that the entire planet of Alderaan suddenly exploded, and millions of voices cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced. Right. And so, it, but but you make a, a fantastic point. And so, being a Jersey kid, right? They're not the New York Football Giants. They're the New Jersey Football Giants. Yeah. They're a Jersey team, and so you know we 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 make these narratives right where we justify our fandom or we justify our emotional state towards towards something and 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 it's fascinating because we overlook like our own persons or our own like biases faults yeah or or we give allowance for those but we give no allowance for for the other persons right 
That's right. You know, I mean, there's the old adage of we judge our, ourselves and those in our tribe by our intentions, and we judge, uh, judge others by their actions. Ooh, that's really good. Right? That's deep stuff. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, and, it is, and it is fascinating. So I, I would make the argument, um, keeper here, uh, so I, I never played professionally, but I played, I played pretty high-level soccer, right? Yeah. And for those of you who are laughing at this podcast, soccer is a sport, okay? Shut it. Um, it is, just not in America. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, so it, I, I am sold on the belief that even though Brady and Peyton are friends, they are absolutely super competitive and measure each other against each other. Oh, yeah, no, I totally ha- believe that. Like, there has, like, I can't imagine that. Uh, and this is part of the thing that I, I think one of the things that allures us to, to athletics, right, is um, there's a guy or a girl, depending on what sport it is, right, mm-hmm. or what division, um, that motivates the other person because they're, they're not just competing against themselves. They want to be better than the other, right? And, and Peyton and, and Brady have this really unique relationship, right, where, uh, and again, sports fans, uh, be aware that we're all incredibly spoiled for like the last 15 years of sports. We've seen some of our last 20, 20 right? Years, yeah. We've seen some of the best at what they do of all time in multiple sports, right? So it's, so to see two of arguably the greatest at their position to go head to head in divisional games, right? And to jockey in the regular season and, and, to be paying attention to like how one's getting talked about and use that as fuel to motivate to go in to beat each other. Um, we got front row seats to like really high level football. We have. And, you know, I mean, it's uh, 17 years worth of, of back and forth at, at two, two of those who I think easily in the top five uh, all time for greatest, greatest quarterbacks of all time. And what we, you know, you don't have that ever. You, 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 you are always comparing against past eras, yeah. across eras. We actually have the literal head-to-heads for these guys. Yeah, very, very good, which, for sure. Which sometimes makes the stakes a little bit higher for those who are fans of. Uh-huh. Because you can't just sit around and conjecture. You know, it's yeah. not... Well, what, how would Joe Montana have fared against Johnny Unitas? Well, we can't conjecture. Those are two different eras. But with, with the Brady-Manning, it really is a, no, they, they actually were on the field at the same time in the same game against each other. Yeah, mul- multiple Mannings. Multiple Mannings, but the second one doesn't count. That's like, like the bait of Brady's existence. <laughs> Man, I'd be perfect if it wasn't for, and then, the, was it the Eagles? And the Eagles, and ugh. Nick Foles. Dude, I, ugh. Anyway, so moving on. Uh, hold on, so that still hurts. Uh, Keeper is a diehard New York Giants fan. We still haven't figured out why. Yeah, because I, I hate myself and I want to punish myself. It's uh, true. Because they're so bad. Uh, <laughs> still better than the Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> subtle Shots jab. fired. Shots. Uh, we lost subscribers. Uh, <laughs> but so, so anyway, so, so I love the title you picked for this, right? Can I, 
can I love Jesus and hate Tom Brady? And still hate Tom Brady. And still hate Tom Brady. So let's talk a little bit about... um, So we've kind of laid a really good foundation, I think, for the conversation around fandom, being a fanatic, and that for whatever reason, like we own that personally. Yeah. Um, So let's talk a little bit about that in like a Christian type of context and kind of like what that means. You first. Oh, no, he's looking at me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the, per- have... the other person in this room that... Man. I'm just kidding. There's nobody here. There's, uh, no, he's putting it all on me. You know, it's, it's funny because I think at, at heart, we take so much personally that we shouldn't, that we fail to take personally the things that we ought to. Mm, okay. So, so here, here, here's kind of what I mean by that. We take personally going to, quote, my church or going to your church or the division between denominations or theologies, but we don't take personally the good news that everyone is made in the image of a loving creator and everyone is called into a whole restored relationship. And that our mission is about bringing others to the table. Yeah, like at least inviting them right and giving right. them the opportunity. I, I love what you're saying there. So, so I, I to tie it back to Brady and, and Manning, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's that weird, uh, I guess, correlation between the two, right? On even as a fan of Manning when you hear that people are fans of Brady, you immediately judge. Oh, totally. Right? You're like, oh, so you're like a totally morally bankrupt person because you're going to deflate footballs. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, isn't it fascinating too? So like you made a good point, I think, about the like church culture, right? Well, my tribe is better than your tribe. My denomination, my place of worship, my preferences are the correct ones. And so... If you're going to be like me, then awesome. Come participate the right way. Yeah. And if not, then you're going to either be an enemy or you're going to stay over there or there's something wrong with you or uh, it's you're no longer created in the image of a loving creator. You're created in the image of your fallen state, if you will. Yeah. So I think that's a that's a really interesting kind of backdrop of... You know, our fandom, right? Like we we even have our own perception of, and we make our own rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, I promised Pius that I wouldn't bring up the athlete that I want to talk about. And I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna. But he's watching me squirm as I'm like, oh, that would be such a good take. But, but it is that, um, you know, culturally, right? And I think in where we currently live and when it comes to Christian culture and it comes to, I mean, this is going to be super controversial here, but I think it's a lot less of Jesus in that respect, and it's a lot more of these man-made type of uh, institutions that are really problematic because um, it's almost like you had this epiphany, right? As you're listening to Peyton, well, we didn't talk about uh, Pius's take on Peyton's Hall of Fame speech where he takes the subtle joking jab at Brady and they laugh together about it, right? But 
where you have created a narrative in your fandom that doesn't even exist. And you've created your own agenda that, that Peyton doesn't actually have. Yeah, that they don't own. And Christians do this. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is good. We, I say we. Uh, Christians do this, especially in the States. See, now you know where we're at. Where I think the accents would have given us away. <laughs> you sure? Uh, well, we, 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 we referenced being from Indiana and Jersey. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, good point. Uh, but in that, right, we create this false narrative where I'm going to figure out where you're not for the same God that I'm for, mm -hmm. and then I'm going to draw the line that ostracizes you and, and um, devalues you. So now I'm excused on how I treat you because you're not like me. Uh, and and to, f to finalize the point, uh, I've said this before to people, and I'll say it again. God has God's own agenda, right? God is not a God of politics. God is not a God of, he's not, God isn't an economist. God isn't on the side of man-made agendas. Correct. God has God's own agenda. And unfortunately, we make God into Peyton Manning. And we make God into Tom Brady. We do. He cringed when I said Tom Brady. Yeah. God can't be Tom Brady. <laughs> no. That's... First of all, how dare you? <laughs> Wait, is that lightning? Oh, no. I'm about to get struck. <laughs> but, you know, as, as I think about that, and, and in the wider conversation, you know, of how Christianity engages the culture around it, not just within denominationalism, but within the culture in which we're set. Mm -hmm. um, there's a theologian uh, named H. Richard Niebuhr wrote a book called Christ in Culture. And in that book, he submitted that there are three um, pathways that the church typically takes in how it views its role in relating to the culture around it. The first, the first view is that it is a Christ against culture, that we define who we are and our identity as opposed to and separate from the world around us. Let's talk about that for a sec. Let's talk about that. Because there's, uh, spoiler alert, I know all three of the points that Pius is going to make here, and they're all good, but I think this, I think we should talk about all of them, but this one specifically, right? Um, so every time I hear this, right, I always think of, um, in what I would consider theologically, a misunderstanding of the Ten Commandments in the Jewish people. Yeah. Because you hear all the time, right? People go, well, the Jewish people just followed a bunch of rules. And I go, listen, con contextually speaking, if you thought that God was going to abandon you for 150 to 400 years until your entire lineage dies off because you disobeyed, you would make rules too. Yeah. Let's be fair. fair. And I think that, you know, and, and obviously this side of history and, and having my own biases about scripture, right, is... I think what God was actually after, right, was the people's hearts and their reasonings and their motivations to do the things, not what necessarily they were doing. It was about fixing why, and then that would fix what. But um, it's created, there's this thing I see a lot, which is the fear-based. Mm -hmm. So if I don't follow the rules and I don't do the right things, then God is going to be disappointed in me and God's going to be done with me and there's going to be problems. Or... There's a Messiah complex, which is it is I am God and I have to save everybody and I have to be perfect and I have to do this. And if I don't, 
then I will cause irreparable damage and irreparable harm. And then God's also going to be done with me and crush me and destroy me. Fair? Right. right. And, you know, and I would say that also there's this sense in which the role and purpose of being the people of God mm-hmm. was to be a, a, a shining beacon to, to show the rest of the world this is how we do it come to us, come with us, come alongside us. Let's walk this way. Um, yeah. And, and that's where we kind of sometimes fall. What I think happens in Christ against culture in that mentality is instead of viewing ourselves as those who are, are, are meant to, to, to say, here's, here, here, you know, signposts, right, pointing, we view ourselves as the critics standing along the sidelines saying, you did it wrong. You know, to, to, to harken back to a football analogy, instead of, instead of just cheering on our guy, Peyton Manning, obviously not Tom Brady, um, what we find ourselves doing is in order to prop up our, our way, we have to put down another way. Yeah, so you so you take uh, t- to the point you made before too as well, which was, uh, well, you make them Brady fans. Yeah. Because if you make the culture that's not yours, if you invalidate it and you devalue it, then you're no longer created in the image of God. You're a Tom Brady fan. Right. So I don't have to come to you and to serve you and to love you well in the name of Jesus. I get to qualify what you get. Exactly. And that's... Yeah. That's really potent. Like, man, ooh, that's a thing. We do like that's a, that's a that's a theme in American like where we're yeah. anti. So we we discredit them, we de- we devalue them, and and then we it gives us permission to withhold from them and to not treat them well. Absolutely. And then your guy treats the other guy well, and you're like, dang it, <laughs> exactly, kill him, <laughs> right? We get, you know, the, 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 the example that popped into my mind is, you know, one of the things that I have found myself doing, okay, in criticizing Tom Brady is, well, but Tom Brady cheated. He deflated footballs. So I just looked up the score because the AFC championship game where he got caught cheating uh-huh. was against my Indianapolis Colts. Uh-huh. Poor Andrew Luck. I know. It was terrible. Poor Andrew I Luck. hated that game. But the New England Patriots won 45-7. to uh huh. Even though I do believe he deflated footballs, uh huh. He could have shouted at the line of scrimmage, "Hey guys, I'm going to pass it to Edelman," and still beaten that defense and that team. Yeah, it's, but we had to devalue what he does, and that's the against culture model. Well, and and something that's as glaring as an integrity or morality, mm-hmm. like a like a like a, a a fault in that armor, right? is it's like a like at a dam right if there's a hole in the dam the whole dam goes no matter how big if it's like even if it's small at some point that it totally and so that gives you the excuse to go see this this thing the whole thing like all of tom brady it's it's the to quote a movie that some of you like this is totally off the wall but how to train your dragon yes where they they look at so hiccup is the is the kid the main character he goes, you got to like work on this. And, and Hiccup goes, you just motioned to all, all of me. me. And so this is the kind of thing where you go, see, see, Tom Brady is this horrible, vile, evil dude who will do anything and sell anyone and do all this stuff. 
because they were already up 30 points before the investigation that I think was done. And I'm probably wrong here, but I think that I don't think they played with deflated footballs the whole time. I think even like when they got introduced into the game, they were already killing the Colts. Yeah, I think it was at halftime that they discovered. No, he got intercepted in the first half. Yes. Um, so they discovered it at halftime. But yeah, I mean, they were already up. They were already like destroying them. And you could tell like deflated footballs didn't give them those points, right? Like they might have helped a little. But, but <laughs> look, I, I, I remember I knew from the first play of the game when Andrew Luck went to throw a screen pass to T.Y. Hilton and it was intercepted at like the 20 yard line. I'm like, oh, this is going to go poorly. <laughs> this is going to be fun. <laughs> How can I hate Tom? What did he do? Right. <laughs> the next three hours of my life will be torment. <laughs> All right. All right. So that's kind of the the, the Christ against culture yeah. model where where it's 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 based in judgment and criticism, sure, and okay. devaluing and dehumanizing. Yeah. So the the second model that that Niebuhr offers is Christ of culture, mm-hmm. and that is um, an assimilation. Ooh, okay. Um, think of it for 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 those four of you that are still listening. <laughs> after especially after the new New York Giants comments. Hey, hey, hey! Uh, it's the New Jersey Football Giants. Same Thank you thing. very much. <laughs> Think of the Borg. Oh, see, see, I'm not a Trekkie, man. Oh, good, good. Set then, phasers to stun. Oh, man, I'm not going to get these three hours back. There you go. <laughs> so the Borg are this, 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 this race of biotechnical cyborg type of alien species that they, they expand their empire by conquering others and assimilating them into the collective. Yes. And so they make whatever you are, they they fold that into themselves. They're very much like the old Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. They add your distinctiveness to their own. And so the Christ of culture model says, well, the, we as the church, we're just going to assimilate into the culture that surrounds us, mm-hmm. and we're going to fit in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, I said this before, uh, at a, at a different conversation, which doesn't mean anything to y'all, but deal with it. Uh, but it was the, the idea that, you know, God, I, God has God's own agenda, right? And this idea that, um, assimilating to culture, right? Uh, Pius and I are sitting across from each other and, and, you know, we can look around us and we can point at like these these giant things that have been constructed by men that are fruitless and not really productive and are actually, I would argue, in my opinion, are are incredibly harmful, mm-hmm. um, and do a lot of long term damage for not even just short term gain, but but illusions of gain, mm-hmm. uh, gospel wise, right? And so what you do is the you're not to lose your identity. As you come in contact with Jesus, in fact, like you just live more into the fullness of your identity. Um, but th- there's a, I guess this is a way I can explain it. So a uh, long time ago in a galaxy, very, very close. See, Star nice Wars. Nice job, nice job. Way to draw back um, to the right one. <laughs> uh, the better sci-fi culture. Uh, but <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> come get me, Borg. Uh, but so I was talking with a student this one time, and... Uh, she's African American, mm-hmm. okay, and she was talking about how her understanding of living 
out in her culture um, is that she couldn't celebrate her heritage or being herself was not okay. Mm -hmm. Right. So she needed to like assimilate. Right. And I said, no, 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 no. Uh, and I made the joke with her to shop at grocery stores that sell her hair products. Mm -hmm. And she laughed and I laughed and all the other white kids in class had no clue what we were talking about, which was kind of sad, but we joked about it, but it was essentially, um, I was like, you came from a place. Your family comes from a place. You have a different food culture. You have a you have a music culture. You have a you have a a hair culture. You have clothes like songs, things that have been passed down from your family to generation to generation. And not only you to celebrate those, you live those things loudly because they're a part of who you are. And so when we talk about assimilating, right? The idea that we're just all these mindless robots, or that final point I'll make that I can be arrogant enough, keep her here, to look at Pius and go, Pius, I know exactly what you're supposed to be and supposed to do. Here's your number. Here's how you're supposed to behave. Here's what you're supposed to think. Because, you know, this finite being over here that's not super old but also not super young totally understands exactly all the things and how they're supposed to be is like the epitome of arrogance. Absolutely. Thoughts? Thoughts? <laughs> Thought I just said absolutely, but yeah, no. And I think there, there's also this, this mindset that we become beholden to the temporal. Mm. So I remember in college, the, the prevailing wisdom was that everything humans do is inherently selfish. And we can do absolutely nothing apart from selfishness or selfish motives. And therefore, we should just give in to hedonism because that's what we are anyway. And it was a popular opinion that, you know, well, we got we, we to start kind of falling in line with. And, you know, you fast forward a couple decades, not going to say how many. <laughs> and the prevailing thoughts are... Not it's all about me anymore, but the prevailing thoughts of the culture is it's about us together. Mm. And how do we move the line? How do we keep the flame of, of, of what it means to be human alive? And so the, I, what I see as an inherent danger in giving into a of-culture mindset is that you're constantly having to redefine who you are based on the prevailing attitudes of the culture around you instead yeah. of who I am has value. And to clarify, so thousand percent, what that doesn't mean is that you don't make progress, that you don't grow as an individual. Uh, you know, I'll just come out and say it. So one of the current things that American culture is dealing with that, Let's be fair. We should have dealt with this way before now. But racism has become a thing at the forefront of like it's we're having more public conversations yeah. about it, right? And so to, to point on this, like if I'm learning, like this is who I am or this is where I come from, right? Like learning things about like, oh, some of that might be problematic is totally like that's appropriate and that's good. 
what we're saying here is when you lose all uniqueness and identity, right, to assimilate into something um, or that you're so decrepit and terrible and evil and vile that you have nothing to offer. I mean, I'll come out and say it. Like it that's evil. Yeah. That's not Jesus. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. The third one. The, my favorite. Uh, yeah, our favorite one is the, the model that I think Niebuhr would try to push the, the church toward, and that is Christ transforming culture. Mm. Um, you know, we all come from a cultural background. Yeah. Right. And 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 I don't care where you're born, your culture, even if you're in the same country, is unique. Mm-hmm. So you're from Jersey. I'm from Indiana. <laughs> and all the all the folks where we live think that both of us are Yankees. <laughs> you're not a Yankee. I am not a Yankee. <laughs> I'm a Hoosier and a Midwesterner. Vastly different from from Yankees. Now, New Jersey. I never have figured out New Jersey er, New Jersey N, New Jersey Ite. Yes. What are you people? Yes. Fair. <laughs> yeah, you totally yank. What, what <laughs> exit are you? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we cannot deny that we have a culture. We're born into a culture. We come at things understanding via cultural lenses. Mm-hmm. Um, so Niebuhr says this. He says, Christ claims no, I'm going to put one here uh, for gender-inclusive language, purely as a natural being, but always as one who has become human in a culture, who is not only in culture, but into whom culture has penetrated. So, in essence, we are all going to be influenced by the cultures that we're in. Mm -hmm. Our goal is also to transform and influence the culture that we're in. We, we have a story to share. We have a witness. So it's, it's, it's part of our mission to change narratives. So if the narrative that, that we're born into is, you know, to jump backward to our, our analogy from the beginning, if yes. the narrative of sports fanaticism is, it's my guy against your guy, and my worth is tied up into how my guy p- performs, then Niebuhr would probably argue that we're, we're probably skewed, but you know what? He's right, and I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> so instead, what I'll say is, you know, the transforming model, transforming culture model is to see the value of both guys. Or yeah. if, if, if we're watching other sports, you know, um, see the value of both gals. So I, to piggyback on this, so I'm going to take... I'm jokingly saying I'm taking this verse out of context, and I don't think I am. Uh, so Colossians 1.16, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So one of the hot topics about culture, right? So being a, a millennial, that's right, y'all know how old I am now. Just kidding. Um, is that I grew up with video games. Yeah. Video games are not a waste of my time. They are, I spend less time watching and paying for football. And so it's real fun for me when I'm talking to men who are older than me and they're like, video games are such a waste of time. And I'm like, dude, you're on 15 different fantasy teams and you watch 12 hours of football on Sundays. 
I fail to see the problem. Yeah, like what? Oh, what is? What does that even mean? Right. So, but but what that is is we we have this culture right that it devalues even leisure or devalues hobbies. Yeah. Right. Like the whole thing with football is a, a fantastic example of like if you cared as much about Jesus as you did football, and I'm like, listen. The point I'm making is that everything is created through Christ. Okay, which means I don't get to decide what part of creation has value. Correct. God has defined who and what has value. Now, we can have discussions around are things functioning optimally. Uh, a joke that uh, Pius and I have is, well, that was suboptimal. That was suboptimal. <laughs> <laughs> but, which I got from a friend of mine in Australia. But the point being, right, is that um, I don't get to come at Brady or Peyton and and cheapen their inherent worth and value because I didn't set the rules. That is how it is. Whether I, now the 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 kicker there is like, do I believe that or not? And the second part of that is, if they do have inherent worth and value, then we have permission to live freely to accomplish the transforming of culture which is not making people come to a building or participate in things or to even give me money. It's to love people well and to bring the gospel of Christ to them and to help them live in freedom and relationship with God, right? That's the transforming of the culture, meaning you can go to a football game and have your guy and paint your face and be ridiculous and just be dumb and God's not like ticked off about that and like how dare you like whatever because even then you could build cultures of of believers or trying to do positive things at football games uh fun I, fact I would argue though that um if you paint your face that's too much like a clown and clowns are evil clowns so. are clowns are scary yeah but, scary. but <laughs> I can tell you right now like some of the most potent like ministries that I've participated in have been in places like it basketball games or even growing up in Jersey and, you know, going to Madison Square Garden. Yeah, how many people I bought food for outside the stadium? Because I went to a sporting event and like got to speak like love and truth to those people and try to connect them to things that would actually benefit them. Because, you know, hockey season and basketball season in Jersey and in New York City, it's cold. Yeah, Those people are dying. Mm -hmm. And so by participating in the the sports thing, right? You got to go bring Jesus to people while also having a good time and and and, and enjoying myself, right? But it, it's these rules, right? These these things, these tendrils that hit us and, and attach to us of like, um, well, it, it you can't be transforming culture. People got to transform before they come to us. Yeah, that's like exactly the opposite of the gospel. But, you know, and I think that you hit on an important thing here, too, is one of the ways that I would say we fail sometimes to do it is ulterior motives. Mm, okay. So you, 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 you said, you know, I just, as I was at the game, you know, I bought fo folks food and we just organically it comes about out of who you are. Mm. And that's what transforms lives around us is us being us as children of God. Yes. Yeah, so so uh we won't we won't name our kids because 
This is why we have handles. I'm the keeper. You're the Lord Pius. I am the Lord uh, Pius. But I'm a dad. Mm-hmm. Same. Right? So in our house, we have rules. And my quote-unquote <clears throat> last name, our last name family, we have specific things that our family has agreed on are important. Mm-hmm. They are things like we don't lie. We don't hurt each other. We apologize. We own our mistakes. Uh, we believe that God loves us as we are, not where people tell us we should be or where we like, right? And these are things that if you asked my, my kid, he would probably reiterate some of them. He's pretty little. Um, but he would reiterate some of them at least because they are things that he understands like those aren't depicted or dictated by where he's at. They're dictated by the fact that he is who he is. Yeah. Right. So as, as believers, right, like our thing is to not make other people change. It's to, it's to meet people as they are and love them where they are. And that's what gives you the opportunity to, for, uh, to, to love them well and to create those relationships as you serve mm-hmm. and as you help. And, and right there, man, like it, it's, it's fascinating how backward sometimes it seems. Well, you know, like uh, so-and-so came into church and they had a more revealing dress than I would wear. I mean, number one, man, like you're 48 and you're a guy and you've not told me that you wanted to wear dresses to church. So questions uh already <laughs> questions? Yes. Uh-huh. like yeah no, no shame if if you're a guy listening to this and you want to wear a dress i i couldn't do it but right like we're so hypercritical we are and i think you know you, you bringing up kids it really sparked in me a memory of how sometimes our personal cultures when they interact with those around us so you you listed kind of you know this, these are the rules we do as members of this family this is uh-huh. our family code so one of the things that is our family code, I have uh, daughters, and so one of the things is when we make mistakes, when we hurt others, when we do wrong, you, we always say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And the other person responds with, I forgive you. Right. Because we believe very, very, very vehemently in confession and pardon must be linked. Yes. They belong together. Uh-huh. So a story I have is that cult, that that family culture being lived out in a, in a wider world. Mm-hmm. Um, my youngest daughter did something wrong um, around one of uh, her, her cousins, and I made her apologize, and she said, I'm sorry. And the cousin looked at her and said, okay, that, or, or that's okay. Didn't say I forgive you. <laughs> my youngest daughter burst into tears, mm-hmm. was absolutely wounded to the depths of her soul because... I'm not forgiven. I don't know what to... I, she didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Because she... The, the, the circle was, was broken. The, right. The, 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 <laughs> the chain of events were not complete. It wasn't a yeah. complete ceremony, so to speak. <laughs> um, but I, I think, you know, that's part of that, that rub with, with how we transform cultures is recognizing where it's not our line to make the cousin understand how we do it. Right. But we invite the cousin into how we do it. Yeah, and you, and and when we talk about rules, right? So, so for those of you who heard me before, knock rules and your reasoning behind them. So, children need structure. People need structure. This is you can go read a go read a psychiatry today journal, and and they'll back up what I'm saying. 
but uh, not to be arrogant, but it is what it is. Um, but the reason we implement these structures or these, this stability for children is my son understands as he gets older, this isn't something he does. It's somebody he is. Yeah. Right. So someone who is compassionate and kind and goes out of their way. And I, I also, like I say that that's like a buffer thing for me. I hate that by the way, I'm going to go out of my way to like be Jesus to somebody because da, da, da. no, that's called living your life <laughs> appropriately. Right. But like, so my son gets this. Right. So, so COVID story for story. Um, so COVID year, uh, we would help people in our, in our apartment complex with groceries. Okay. My, my son is this guy. He like walks up to people he doesn't know. And he goes like, Hey, what's up? And I'm like, yeah. And his mom is like in the corner horrified because <laughs> she won't talk to anybody. She doesn't know. She doesn't even like sometimes talking to people she knows. So, uh, same by the way, uh, <laughs> not to like totally out her, but but he like, so when that stopped, and we'd come into the, to the neighborhood or to the, to the apartment, we'd park and we'd see some old lady struggling with her groceries and we couldn't go there. Mm, yeah. It was tough for him because he didn't understand. He was like, but this is who we are. It wasn't even, at that point, it wasn't about, well, this is what we do. He was like, but this is who I am. I help. I'm a helper. And the, 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 because of, you know, safeguards and everything else, we want to make sure we don't like kill anybody. Right. No. Like, uh, so it, it's, that's the goal, right? God gives us the commandments and these rules because they're affirmations of who we are when we live in fullness of relationship into freedom. We are people who <clears throat> don't murder and don't steal and don't commit adultery and like harm and lie and do all these like, because that's not just because they're the rules of the house, because those are rules that affirm us in the family when we're living in fullness of relationship. Right. So you, you, you feed a homeless person. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, what I hope you didn't hear from me is, yeah, go like drive around and find homeless people because like be safe, please. Uh, there's all kinds of things. And that'll be another podcast about like my six year stint. Uh, volunteering with a homeless ministry and all the things I learned about helping actually helping homeless people. But mm -hmm. point being like you consider the needs of others, not so you get a gold star and not so God notices you and not so that like, dad doesn't look at you and go, son, why aren't you helping? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or kids like, like your daughter's being like, well, we say I forgive you. It's, Oh, you're just not there yet. How do I help you understand if you want to understand? Like, outside culture doesn't dictate how I respond. Correct. I respond because I'm a part of this family, and this is who I am. So all of that to say... Tom Brady's a human being, and God loves him too. Say it. Y'all, he's squirming. <laughs> he can't. He can't. <laughs> No, but for real, Tom Brady is a human being who is made in the image of a loving creator. <laughs> and he's a good football player. And I shouldn't hate him. <laughs> All right, so my closing thoughts on this. Uh, the, the hornet's nest I'm literally going to kick before we, before we end this. Uh, I hold firm to the belief... Uh, here's a, a Christian phrase. Maybe this will be the next one where we do like uh, Christianisms Ooh, that I can't stand. Uh, 
So one of them for me is like, well, I, I don't have to like you, mm. but I, I need to love you or I have to love you. And I'm, and personally, I don't think you can. I think things about people's personalities or there could be some difficulty there, but I don't think you can not like somebody and still actually love them and serve them. And, and another time we'll talk more about that, but, but it's so fascinating. We're talking about Brady and, um, and, and Peyton, but I do hold firm to the belief that like, that's a, that's a kink in the armor. Yeah. That's a, well, I, I can hold back because you've done something to disqualify me living as a kid in the house. You don't deserve it. So I'm going to treat you like you ought to be treated. You deflator of footballs. <laughs> You didn't even bring up Spygate. But. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Eli's 2-0 and in the finals. <laughs> in the, the, in the, the finals? Same thing. The, Same final, the final game, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Closing thoughts. Pious. Closing. Now I want to respond that Eli, yeah, but... <laughs> I got him. <laughs> now I want to respond that Eli also went one and done four times in the playoffs. But anyway, um, no, I think that... <laughs> there you go. I do think that it is it is absolutely critical um, that we we understand who we are in the family, hmm. and that our role is to live out that. Um, and I think that if we do that, we do transform the culture around us. We we have the 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 ability and the power to impact those in our sphere. Um, and I would like to say for the record that I don't hold nearly the animosity toward Tom Brady that I pretend to hold toward Tom Brady. I don't know, man. I heard a different story from your, from your girls during the Super Bowl. <laughs> Dad, we, we don't talk like that in this house. <laughs> hey, no, no, I might, I might get mad at games, but like as... <laughs> As, as the person Tom Brady, I don't hate the person Tom Brady. Well, and, and I'm proud of you and how far you've come. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. All right, y'all. This is The Keeper and... The Lord Pius. Signing off. See you on the next one. See you on the next one.